0: Greetings, Troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men podcast. I am Renee Coman, sitting in my safe house on the line with my co-host, the original Troubled Man for Troubled Times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny.
1: Hey, man. What's going on with you? Ah,
0: uh, you know, making it through my week. Uh, it's, it's been a busy... Week since last we talked, but uh, made all the gigs. Had a sold out Cinco de Mayo show at uh, Broadside last night.
1: Oh, wow. Were there any Hispanics there?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the two guys in my band, but no, we had, had a bunch of a uh, uh, whole mixed crowd. So it's a, it's a whole program of Mexican music, and uh, it, was, it was a great night. But were there uh, any
1: Mexicans there?
0: Well, I, I'm saying yes, Besides there were. Besides your band. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there, there must have been some people who are Mexican there.
1: Did um, you talk to them? Uh,
0: well, one guy I know, I, I didn't go through the whole crowd and, and uh, talk to everybody. A friend of mine who's Mexican, I did talk to him um, after the gig, you know, briefly. But, uh, yes, a fun night. Did you, but uh,
1: you realize that it's not Independence Day for Mexico? You realize that, right? Uh, Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just so, basically a hallmark day that they created for Corona, you know.
0: Huh. Really? So, so um, it, you didn't have any big celebrations yourself? For well, I,
1: uh, I had uh, no, not really. No, I don't, because it's just basically Cinco de Mayo is a, a battle that mm-hmm. was won by the Mexicans over the Spaniards. It's okay. not Independence Day, okay, at all. But it right. it goes good with Fourth of July. You know, Fourth of July, Fifth of May, Cinco de Mayo. It's all it's all about advertising and. and you know, selling beer and tacos. Okay. You know? But the real Independence Day for Mexico is until August.
0: Okay. Do you, do you celebrate that one?
1: Uh, sometimes I do if I can remember the day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I, I, I don't remember the day in August. You know, it's so fucking hot here in August. I
0: don't right. Know right.
1: Celebrations or anything or like that. It's it's just I can't do it, man. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> I can't, and I won't do it. I'm sure. sorry. I just won't do it. You know, sure. it's just too fucking hot, and uh, uh, I'd rather just, you know, lie in my bed naked you know, with the AC, you know, at 62.
0: Okay. You know? well, it sounds yeah. a bit chilly, but... Uh, but yeah. yeah, no,
1: it's good. It's yeah. good. My balls get blue, and, <laughs> okay. uh, uh, um, and I, I get a semi-woody, a okay. semi. Okay. You know, semi woody, which is is good, you know. But now you can tell already, we you know we had this huge rain a few days ago and it's and we're gonna have some nice weather and then all of a sudden it's just gonna get hot. Man. Yes. Get hot and hot. But you know what's back to normal, and I think I said this last week, I don't know, but you know, everything's coming back to normal. People are getting vaccinated, people are going out, and people are getting murdered here in New Orleans. And so man. everything's back to normal, man. People yeah. are getting shot and murdered, and so uh, for a lot of people, you know, it's great because it's back to normal.
0: Right, And that's right. what
1: they want. They want it back to normal, and back <laughs> to normal means murder oh. and crime. In fact, speaking of crime, you know, these are how things are in this fucking city. You know, I have this new tenant who's this great guy. He, oh, uh, he, uh, he's, a, he's a great guy, and um, um, I don't know if he's gay or straight, because uh, he's had some really cute women over the house and some, some really like gay guys over his house too. So I don't maybe he swings both ways. I don't know. Who
0: knows? You know, who knows? You know, uh,
1: who knows? And I really don't care. You know, sure. As long as, he, as long as he's giving me that money at the first of the month, I do give right. a fuck what he does. Right. But he uh, uh, just this past Tuesday, um, a buddy of his was dropping off some artwork. And just leaving it on his porch, and he pulled up, and the guy wasn't home. My tenant wasn't home, but the guy says, "I'm going to leave you this picture and some art supplies." I, don't, I mean, I don't really don't know what he does, does you know. So, and he uh, he pulled up because he wasn't home. He pulled up in front of the house, and just grabbed the bag and the picture, and left his car running, and walked up to the porch, put the stuff down. He looked back; his car was gone. Wow. Within seconds, they had stolen his car. Wow. You know? and oh, uh, Yeah, and that just goes to show you that, you know, fucking, either you have to bolt things to the ground in the city or it's going to be stolen, you know? Right. You know, that that kind of stuff. But, I saw you
0: know. on the news today there was a, a, a bass player who's, I guess, lived in the Bywater or something, and I'd, I'd actually seen this on, on uh, social media yesterday where – The guy said, I always bring my equipment in after the gig, but the other night it was raining so hard, I figured, well, I don't want to get it all wet, and since it's raining so hard, I think the stuff will be okay overnight, and sure enough, uh, he woke up, and his stuff was gone. He went and looked at the security camera, and he could see clearly a guy who, like in the light of day, pulled up in front of his car and somehow... You know, I don't know if he broke a window, but got the car open and there's a guy moving all the, uh, uh, cabinets, you know, speaker cabinets and amplifiers from, from his car to the to the guy's car and the guy had a mask on so he couldn't see who he was and, and got in and well that's off, just man. stupid you
1: don't leave anything in your car you're just well, asking for trouble right
0: right you know, yeah you I, know. I don't care
1: if it's rain you wait till the rain's over then you go get the stuff out yeah i'm sure that's i'm just, sure
0: he's thinking that now i'm sure he's, yeah. he's regretting that but uh, yeah it's, it's, it's really a shame man that you you know people are so so criminal. Well, you know, you were talking about the, the shootings and, and guns and everything, and it it's, seems like shootings, they got shootings all over the country, uh, you know, are coming back. But I saw the Louisiana legislature is uh, moving a bill through committee to uh, allow people to carry concealed handguns with no permit.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's really smart.
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought, boy, that's that's really genius. You know, who who thinks that's a good idea? You know, to have, have more people walking around with, with guns. Uh, you know,
1: right? I know. Yeah. I well, somebody, this this uh, a representative or congressman from some parish that I've never heard of thinks it's a good idea that we. And then I heard this morning, you know, that he said it's a God given right for you <laughs> to carry a gun. I heard it this morning. I, I forget the guy's name who pre- oh, presented man. this bill, Gee, but he worse. says God—it's a God-given right that sure. you can carry a firearm. Right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, maybe it's also God-given right that I could have a nuclear missile in my backyard too. Is that okay with you mm-hmm. too, Mister uh, Mister Congressman, Mister Politician? Right. You know. Anyway, uh, you know, it's going to pass. You know that. Yeah, because oh, man. I, because outside of Orleans Parish, it's all Duck Dynasty. Sure, so, you know it's sure. going to pass.
0: Heart of Darkness and, out there.
1: Yeah, so um, that's why I don't leave Orleans Parish if I right. don't have to. Right, right. You know, because because you know I, I'm a guy who could, I'm a road rage kind of guy. I don't like you know I get kind of angry with the drivers here. And if you get angry, you know someone's just going to say, "Well, listen, the law, the, the 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 government told me I could carry this gun, and I'm going to shoot you."
0: Mm, yeah, Yes. People yeah. Have bad judgment out there. That's for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, but anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead.
0: I was going to say, I don't think we talked about this, but, uh, you know, we have the new DA new district attorney and, uh, yes, he, he made an announcement a couple of weeks ago that he's not going to be prosecuting anyone for simple drug possession. Yeah, so I thought well, uh, you know, except for heroin and fentanyl. So of course, there's always got to be an exception, you know. But uh, but I thought well, that's that's positive, you know. We really don't have to necessarily have the, the Louisiana legislature, you know, uh, decriminalize uh, weed and, and you know other soft drugs like that. Uh, you know, we
1: well. What's the definition? The definition of simple. You well, know, I guess simple. I mean, simple is you know, sometimes you say, oh, this guy's pretty simple, like he's stupid. <laughs>
0: yeah, <no. you> know?
1: <laughs> yeah. So what, what's the definition of simple uh, drug possession?
0: I, I think that that they mean there aren't any other crimes being committed uh, in addition to the possession. You know, it's just the possession. It's not you know, you, you don't have an illegal firearm. You know, at the same time, you're not, you know. Committing some other crime, I don't know. I guess if you are committing another crime, so you know, is
1: he gonna uh, this our new DA? Is he gonna put this together with also uh, uh, sex workers who are uniting? Is that going to be a simple? It's, he's trying to make it illegal. I mean, they're trying to make it totally legal. Hmm.
0: I hadn't you heard know, that.
1: that. You haven't heard? Oh, the oh yeah, they, the big big uh, big uh, conferences in Baton Rouge that they're trying to legalize sex workers that okay. it will not be a crime anymore. But they still want, apparently, to bust the pimps. Right. So, you know, so now uh, uh, the pimps are going to be uh, 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 arrested, but the the sex workers will not be arrested. They'll be able to, you know, we're talking about women who, uh, you know, maybe are trying to work their way through college by stripping, and maybe ca- occasionally, you know, getting paid a few hundred bucks for a blowjob and stuff like that. Um, so I I and they're trying to legalize that. And there was this big thing at City Hall and at, and in Baton Rouge. Um and they had all these uh ex and even you know former sex workers and even sex workers today. And the funniest thing was all the former sex workers were just like women that you would never want to have sex with. I yeah. mean, they, they were just very unattractive, overweight, uh, they looked like they should actually just be working the uh uh, what's that, that? That position at Walmart where they check your receipt? Uh-huh, you know, that the greeter,
0: yeah, yeah, the yeah. greeter
1: you know, or, or the exeter, whatever they call right, it. Right, uh, Not good, not good. But I think it's great. Let it, you know. The, the only problem is, is they say that it's uh, it'll affect the trafficking of minors, which I think it might in some way. But mm. why is it illegal for someone, uh, some girl, to say, listen? I'll give you a blowjob for twenty bucks, and why is that illegal? If sure. It's her body, right. you know. You know, it's her body, it's her mouth. If she just says, "Listen, give me twenty bucks, and I'll give you a blowjob," so what? What? What is wrong with that? Yeah, I don't understand. yeah, I, I, understand. I agree.
0: You know, if people have autonomy over themselves. They should be able to uh, do whatever job they want as long as it's right. uh, they're not hurting
1: someone. You know. Yeah, they're not hurting anyone. Right. There's no no hurt. Right. In fact, you know the guy, the the the, the customer is getting pleasure, and uh, the um, the girl is making money. Yeah, you know it's what's wrong with that.
0: Yeah, no, I athletes, don't
1: see anything wrong with that.
0: Sure, sure.
1: Yeah. You know? Anyway, uh, uh, everything going on? How's your mouth? Your mouth is okay. Yeah, it's healing up, healing
0: up fine. Went and had a little follow up, and uh, everything's. They going. got all they
1: got all the gonorrhea out. Well, they got it all out.
0: <laughs> as far as we know, yeah, yeah. I got it, I got one more follow up uh, next week, but uh, oh, so far okay. so good, Manny. Yeah,
1: yeah, okay, yeah. well that's great news.
0: Yes, yes, it is. That's Great yes, news. Yes, yes, and speaking of
1: great news, I um, had some fucking amazing great news today.
0: Oh, cool. Let's let's hear it.
1: Well, the great news was that I don't know if you heard this, but Aaron Neville announced that he's retiring. And I thought to myself, thank God I don't have to hear that fucking voice of yours anymore. Well, you you
0: always, I did see that, man, and you always say that. And I was actually hearing Aaron Neville singing on the radio. He's got a beautiful voice. I know you don't like it, but. Every all the great singers think Aaron Neville is one of the best. You know Linda Ronstadt loves you know like uh, on and on. And you really listen to those recordings, uh, man. He's he's you know you you've often compared him to uh, to the guy from Rush. And man, they don't sound anything alike. Well, no, they're they're just.
1: I mean, I don't. They don't sound anything alike, but they're just both. Horrible, annoying, mm. like s- fingernails on a chalkboard no, kind of voices to me. I, I'm not I sure just can't stand.
0: I'm, I'm not Standard. sure you're actually hearing Aaron Neville because it's, it's 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 very difficult to to characterize it like that. Anyway,
1: well, no, he's 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 awful, and I, I'm glad <laughs> no, that he, uh, he's. <laughs> I'm just glad he's done singing. You know, well, thank you. No, and we're, if, we're, if if Getty Lee from Rush would decide the same thing, then it would really make my week. Okay. You know? You know, cause, okay. oh because I was very happy. It's great news for me. You okay. know, I mean, if people like him. Fine. You can like him. You know, I don't have to like people Even sure, people don't sure. have to like me. You know, sure, I, I sure. just find his voice just really, really awful. I cannot stand to hear it, even like five seconds of his voice. Well,
0: but you don't have, You don't have you don't have to listen to anything that you don't want to listen to. You can. Always right. Turn I know. The radio but I'm just happy. Then,
1: you know, you know yeah. living here, though, you're going to hear him living in this town. You're going to hear him maybe at someone's house. You're going to hear them, you know, maybe uh people, uh people will record. People still play st- his
0: records because he's still very, you know. A well, yeah, I know. Singer, but, so. Yeah,
1: exactly. But what if, I, what if I'm at a, someone's house who's playing his record and I say, can you, can you turn that off? I, can't, I don't like that. I don't like that. Can you turn They're not going to turn it off. They're going to say, well, you don't like Aaron Neville? And I'll say, yeah, I don't like Aaron Neville. I think that voice is horrible. Can you please turn him off? So that's going to even start more conflict, you know, with, the, with someone's house I'm at. You know that kind of stuff, or I'm at a record store looking at but, vinyl. But and him, they've got it.
0: But him but, retiring from from playing on the road won't have any effect on that. On on uh, you know whether someone plays them a,
1: Well, no, a, but at their house or not. You so. know, I remember over the past ten, fifteen years, he'd be like on the morning shows, you know, singing a Christmas song or whatever. And I'd be getting ready to go to work, and he'd be on there, and I'd be like, "Oh God, this is just the worst.
0: Oh, the no, worst." No. No, we love Aaron Neville. I know you don't, but uh, the the community loves Aaron Neville. the 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 world at large, the uh, the musical community. It's yeah. Uh,
1: you know what? I'm gonna long, I guarantee you. I'm gonna find. I will find someone else who doesn't like Aaron Neville. And we'll, well, sure. You know, it, you though. can.
0: Like, it's funny. You know, the 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 nature of something popular. Uh, you know, like, uh, you know, Michael Jackson's Thriller, one of the, the best selling records of all time. What did it sell like 20 million copies, 30 million copies or something, you know, out of 350 million people, most people didn't buy that record. So even though, you know, it was the best selling record of all time, even even that most people didn't buy it, so that's that's kind of the nature of anything, you know. Even something. Well, they probably is, borrowed is, the
1: record and taped it. You know, they probably borrowed the record from someone who bought it and taped it. So, well, I'm saying most know. people
0: just don't care about what whatever it is. You know, they're they're not interested. It's uh, it's that's. Yeah.
1: Well, it was a good day for me. when, when Okay. I
0: well, days. very good, very good, Manny. I mean, that's that's great. Um, anything else before we bring our guest in?
1: Um. Oh, yeah. I wanted to talk about, you know, everyone's getting vaccinated and Mm -hmm. everyone's gathering now. And now the big killer, the big killer we have now, besides the COVID, are stampedes. People are stampeding and killing. Really? You know, like, oh, uh, they had this uh, festival out in Chelmet the other day, the Crawfest, some kind of Crawfest. And uh, a fight broke out and people started stampeding, you know, to get away from the fight. Mm -hmm. And people died.
0: And really? then halfway, halfway, halfway
1: across that. the world in Israel, they were having all this gathering of thousands of people for some one of their fucking holidays in Israel. And uh, that people like uh, somebody slipped and they started stampeding because didn't you I hear this?
0: I, I did see that. Yeah. yeah. they're Like going yeah. through a tunnel or something. Yeah. And, and they this. started
1: stampeding. Okay. You know, I, I yeah. thought stampeding was only for cows and stuff like that. Oh no, no, you know, the but ma- people are stamp- of
0: crowds. Yeah, people. Yeah. people get uh, spooked uh, and uh, yeah, and, yeah, they can. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah, so be people, you know, so now that people are getting back together, since they think they're safe to get back together, they're stampeding, and that's a whole different way to die. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's not, and, not and good. I'm, i am you know, that's why I'm going to avoid people because, especially in this town, there's so many crowds. And one little, like you know, uh, flick of a lighter or uh, uh, you know, someone falling down might cause a stampede.
0: Sure, so sure.
1: Stay away from stampedes.
0: Okay, all right, Manny. That's it's uh, solid advice. Solid advice.
1: Uh, anything? All right, let's introduce our guest, man. Okay,
0: very good, very good.
1: Because you don't seem interested in my stampede story.
0: No, no, no. I listened. Uh, I listened quite attentively. That's. Um, uh, no, stampedes. Or, have you ever been in, in that kind of uh, uh, situation, a super crowd, a very packed crowd where you felt unsafe? You felt like something could go wrong? Well, I, I
1: feel unsafe around four or five people. Okay.
0: You know, so. <laughs> sure,
1: sure. I so get, yeah, I uh, you know, if I'm in a huge crowd, I'm going to feel fucked. You know, when, when I'm in planes, mm. I, I, I feel unsafe, you know, because there's people around me and they're all, they're all from different neighborhoods or different walks of life, and, and it's just awful. You know, okay. People. Yeah. <laughs> people are the worst for now. They're just the worst.
0: Uh, they can be. can be, Manny.
1: Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Uh, who's our guest tonight?
0: So uh, our guest is a, a, a great musician, a songwriter, singer. Uh, he's an accordion player, piano player, bass player. Does it all. Um, he's also the uh, entertainment manager for French Quarter Quarterfest, so we have a, a lot of he's a very uh, very topical guest here since uh, French Quarterfest is is uh, scheduled for a few months away. So anyway, without further ado, the great Greg Schatz, Shotzi, welcome, Greg. Hello,
1: hey, Greg, welcome.
0: Oh, there you go. You Hi there, there, fellas. Hey, hey, hey. Wow, uh,
2: yeah. what's that? You live by the railroad tracks or something? I do. I live by the railroad tracks. And just like clockwork, the train came. is coming through right now. It can be quite um, loud. I live like, uh, I don't know if you know, the U-Haul on St. Claude Avenue.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: I'm like right in back of that kind of, like down on um, Montague a little bit. So there's not much room between me and the tracks. But the weather's so nice right now. We have the windows open, so I hope that's okay. You get a little ambient noise of the neighborhood, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. Well, hopefully, we'll hear gunshots. <laughs> well,
0: we, we may. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, are you on the uh, the riverside or the homicide of uh, Saint Cloud?
2: <laughs> well, we're on the we're on the riverside, just two okay. blocks in. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, we uh, actually the iguanas recorded a record over there at uh, Truck Farm many years ago. You know the the, the old uh, yeah. location that they had uh, Chaz Fest at and all and, and plastic uh, heart. Yeah, um yes, nine yes volt we, plus yeah, heart. yeah 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 nine nine volt uh yes nine volt heart we uh we we did some overdubs there and the producer later on he's like man that's the, one of the noisiest records i ever recorded and we actually there's a song where, where the train was was uh was doing that same thing and it, it wound up on the uh on the recording and we liked it we left it in that's maybe the, it was maybe. the first track even might be might be and you know um Uh, I believe if I'm
2: not mistaken, you were recording, uh, before they built the, finished the actual studio goat was living in, uh, they did it at the apartment that I then rented. I was a renter over there. Oh, Um, really? So when I moved in, they were like, oh yeah, the iguanas recorded some stuff in here in the kitchen or something did you record in the kitchen
0: um no, I or think no we were wait, like if- in the front room uh you know whatever is closest to the street there was, uh, it was like a bedroom or something that we <laughs> yeah yeah but it were. was but, but it was like
2: in the apartment it wasn't then you remember when they finished the studio then uh it was kind of next door to that
0: yeah it's been so long i I can't i mean i I recorded there in 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 several different configurations because the geraniums also did uh, a record in there at at yeah time and this is
2: about
1: this
0: uh yes yes exactly that's 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 a great record
1: what is the truck farm today is it just a bunch of apartments now because i know they sold it off to some jamaican people
2: no, they aren't okay. Jamaican. They, they're folks from Philly that own a resort in Jamaica. Oh, that's
1: right. Yeah. And they, um, So they made it like an Airbnb or something?
2: They were trying to turn it into like a posh hotel. And actually, there was a good deal of um, neighborhood activism against it that was kind of spearheaded by my wife. Because um, people, it was also, it wasn't just the fact that they were trying to turn it into a hotel, I think it was also the size of it. They were going to, you know, there's that gigantic backyard there. They were going to turn that like into a, um, they're going to put in like another building back there and uh, several buildings and a pool. There's like a nice field back there and there were some trees and then they wanted like 90, you know, it would have like housed like 90 people and then like a restaurant and everybody was like, that's way too fricking big. Right. Or, you know, if they had just kind of, kept it to a modest level it would have been okay but they just uh they got way they
1: you got know, too ambitious basically yeah, was gonna yeah, that it. yeah for that neighborhood i don't i don't understand how you would think you could have a 90 you know unit place with a pool and all that stuff that doesn't seem practical especially because all the neighbors have chickens everywhere
2: they do especially <laughs> the ones yeah. right in back who are now yeah. are across the street because we moved around the corner and bought a place, and there are yeah, you're right. There are some chickens right there. Uh, in fact, they, they own they have some turkeys too. My neighbors across the street who back up on that, but yeah, nobody. Everybody thought it was it was a little tone deaf, um, and it was uh, yeah. So now they they didn't get the go ahead for the zoning change to do that. So they were now they're just kind of trying to sell it again. So it's for sale, but uh, it's not cheap.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's not. not Yeah. Not cheap at all. Yeah. Because uh, it's such prime real estate, especially when you have the noise of trains and ships going by. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. they, put that, they put
2: that in the selling
1: points. You yeah. You yeah. can the train, near the train <laughs> right out your window. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. At all hours of the night, the trains right. will roll by. It, right. it
2: helps um, prospective buyers from the New York metro area because they stay close to the train and they think like, oh, yeah, there's like a subway stop
1: <laughs> right there. Yeah. And, no, basically, gonna it's just you're going to be you're going to be stuck behind the train for 20 minutes. Basically, yeah. is what 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 that selling point is. Right, yeah, right. So, Gray, uh, you're from New York.
2: I am. Um, yeah, I'm from um, Central New York State. So, like, uh, not, uh, you know, Ithaca, New York, the middle of right in the middle of the state. There. Um, okay, how close is that to Syracuse? It's about an hour away. Syracuse Sy- is where we used to go to, like. Some of the big – my first big first concerts were in um, Syracuse because that's where, like, you know, they have a dome. And that's
1: west of where you grew up, right? That's
2: actually north – a hair
1: east and north, about an hour, just an hour away. Okay. Okay, yeah. Because um, I have a brother um, who lives uh, right outside Syracuse. He, uh, he's one of the – remember that movie Brothers Keeper?
2: Um. Do I know that movie? Mm, title yeah, sounds he, familiar.
1: Yeah. Is he in yeah. that movie? Well, you know, he's kind of living that lifestyle. Check out that movie and you'll okay. see what I'm talking about. It. It okay. yeah, okay. they, I'm writing it down. They slaughter a pig, um, you know, live on the film. Oh, geez. Slaughter okay. a pig. And it's good times. for them. So he They're raises
2: animals right. up there?
1: No, 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 no. He works at the uh, Radio Shack. Um, oh, okay. oh, cool. They still
2: have a Radio Shack
1: yeah, yeah that's, but that's he nice lives time, right, right outside syracuse syracuse is a fine town you know so you used to go to syracuse to see gigs or play gigs
2: no I, you know i've never pl- actually played a gig in syracuse but i saw i've seen plenty of music up there because uh you know um i a little bit smaller so you had to go to like uh syracuse or binghamton to see bigger concerts usually syracuse you know uh
1: you know that's so uh, funny you say Binghamton because when i went to new york with my senior class uh in 1981 we went to the drama class went to new york to see some broadway shows i got a fake id in in new york saying that i was from Binghamton, new york and i was 21 years old (laughs)
0: oh all right right on
1: (laughs) (laughs) nice well, greg
0: i i i noticed that that you went to cornell University i think you might be our second or third uh, ivy league uh, educated guest did you uh did you wind up graduating from cornell
2: actually i did i didn't start there but i graduated from there uh you know in you know back a number of years ago so um okay it, well. you know it's it was it's the my uh Small hometown has like three institutions of higher learning. One was Ithaca College, and then the other is Cornell. Then there's a community college. It's actually not in the town; it's out away. So uh, I actually started off at the Ithaca College music school, and then I sort of wormed my way into uh, into Cornell there.
1: Nice, nice, good for you. What's them. the name yeah. of the team at Cor- Cornell what? Are they the Panthers or the uh-
2: – uh, the ba- uh, Well, what is the big red is what they call them, but there's like a bear as their uh, – The Grizzlies, is Cornell Grizzlies. I think it's just the big red, which is kind of, you know, boring, but, um, but they have a bear as the – a big the red mascot? bear is the mascot, yeah, or something, you know. That's weird. Kind of like the Soviet Union or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Greg, what brought you down to New Orleans? Was that did you come here right after college, or uh, what, what? What went on there?
2: I did. I kind of came here right like during college. Um, my good friend, who I grew up with, Jeremy Lyons, had moved here and was playing in a street band, and um, and I had actually taken some time off between various stints um, in college before going back to school to finish up. So, I, you know, uh, he was already, he had already graduated from school and was um, pursuing a career in music, playing uh, Mm -hmm. on Royal Street, like, full time. And he told me about it, and I said, oh, that sounds cool. And I came down for, like, a spring break one year, and um, it was um, 1994. That was it. March 1994 and there was like slush in the streets of Ithaca. I was like trudging up the hill to class the day I left. And then I came down here and it was like 75 degrees and everybody that I was introduced to was like a full-time musician right there. And they all seemed to be like playing. It seemed like a, you know, utopian paradise. They were all playing on the street and but making good, you know, what seemed like good money. Cause it was right in the middle of the season Right. It was and, still cheap um, to
0: live here at that time in the nineties. You could still get uh inexpensive apartments and stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I loved it and i like, you know, went out and saw a bunch of music and I think I sat in with the band and I didn't play accordion yet, but he had like a little toy accordion. So I like play you know, walked around playing that and uh and then when I went back up north I started I got like a real accordion, I started playing that and it was like a big you know, revelation to me, because I was like, I had been more or less a, uh, you know, electric bass had been my main instrument in bands. And, okay. um And, um, which I still love to play. I still play that as well. Uh-huh. And, um, but I, I was like, oh yeah, this is something new. And at the time, I feel like now accordion is very popular. Um, but back then it was like kind of something that it was either in like a few more ethnic-y sounding bands, you know, or mm. it was kind of like thought of as square. I guess some people still kind of think of it as square. But um, but I started, like I started playing accordion and like a couple months later, I mean, I guess I, I played keyboards too. I played keyboards in a few bands, you know.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Um, so, so I had that going for me with the piano accordion. I started playing um, accordion, and bands got like, you know, tripled the number of gigs I had immediately. And I was like, oh, that's great. But, oh, I, wow. but I wanted to come down here because I was like, you know, working at, you know, working at a cafe and like just graduated college or was about to graduate and playing like a couple of gigs a month. And I was like, well, the way to do this is really learn how to do this is go to, somewhere where I could play like five or six days a week. Right. You know. So I came down that January under a year later and I started playing with that um street band, which some people had called the big mess. Kinda went through a bunch of different names.
0: Uh-huh. Now you and know, it, I got a note from Dana Cauley today and who was a former guest of ours, and he's an old friend, and yeah. I, said, I said, man, Dana, I was just thinking of you because I'm um, having Greg shots on the, the the podcast tonight, and, uh, you know, he's friends with Jeremy Lyons, who, you know, Jeremy Lyons now plays in Vapors of Morphine with Dana, so. Yes, funny, uh, yes. And it, so he goes, he goes, oh, I love Greg. Greg is a great guy. And I was like, yes, Greg is a great guy. Oh, yeah. So. Well, that's and, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I feel
1: the same way about Dana. He's a Amazing. So so, when you came that first time, it was great weather. And then you came in January; it was a little cool. You were used to that. So how did like uh, how did you deal with like August and September? How was that for you?
2: Right, right. You know, and it's funny because I I even had like a skewed vision of uh, January; like it wasn't quite as warm as I thought it would be. Like because I'd been to Florida, South Florida, in January, and I was like, this isn't quite tropical. Like I kind of was imagining some kind of steady thing or like, you know, you know, Southern California, like where you're from, like where it's like kind of consistent. But, um, but you know, that first year I like went back up for the summer and, right. um, and I think in the back of my mind, I was, there were like a bunch of, um, musicians that I knew who would do that, especially all the street musicians back in that, the day, most of them, would just kind of take off like sometime a month or two after Jazz Fest and like return like in September or October. Right. And and they would go and they would have all these stories about like, you know, they'd, they'd buy a ticket to Europe and then go busking around Europe or like somewhere up north or, you know, mm-hmm. Seattle or the northeast. So I was kind of thinking like, yeah, that sounds like the ticket, you know. And, um, and I think I did even go that first year I went, I have some relatives in Europe and I went and visited them and it was like, you know, putzing around there for a while before I came back.
0: Were you traveling around with your accordion over there in Europe? Were you- yeah. Yeah.
2: Doing like, you know, and, and at this point I realized that it's a, a whole different ball game trying to do a solo accordion show as opposed to being like, you know, cause I hadn't been playing accordion for that long.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. It's a and lot I, to, to cover the, the bass with the left hand and then, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and just having the,
2: having the show, you know, together like that, like, like I was kind of good at being like filling almost like a, like a organ kind of role in the band that we played on the street. And it was kind of like, it was a nice, thing for them too because they had like a lot of guitar players a lot of good guitar players mm-hmm. and just washboards and sometimes a wash tub bass you know it's kind of like a ragtag blues <laughs> junk right. band you right. know but uh but you know so the accordion like filled had like a nice um you know it's yeah, a pad effect, that, yeah, yeah, it, yeah it
0: could that pad or
2: act as like the, the solo thing and and then yeah so i was like and then it was also like I had this really big accordion and I was schlepping it around. I got one of those tickets, those uh, train tickets, you know. Your rail
1: pass. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. I was year railing. I think it was, I was 25. So it was like the last time I could get a. Um, Sounds like
1: your train's ready to pick you up yeah, right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: The train, excuse me, guys, the train's coming in now. I'm going to have to jump So when on. did
1: you experience your first, like, August in New Orleans? It was the following
2: year because then um, Jeremy and his then, well, his then-girlfriend got married, and they and then they went off to Europe the next summer, and I, like, held down the apartment for the summer, and it was like, yeah, and I, I you know um, – I got a job, um, you know, uh, at one point paint, you know, like doing some painting of, uh, the Stuart Hall
1: school up there on, um,
0: Oh yeah. You're right my Carleton. neighborhood. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. that fascist school. Yeah. Stuart Hall.
0: Yeah,
2: it was pretty all right. I had a friend who, who was also a musician who was doing that and that we, uh, and, and actually it was funny cause I was looking around for a, a job cause like playing on the street was like turning into like between five and $20 as opposed to like 50 to a hundred dollars.
0: Well, so, so at some point then uh, you, you start your own band Shotzi. That's right. That
2: was, um that was right around, uh you know, the end of, that was 1999. I had my first gig in the, December, 1999. And I had been writing, songs for a while and and i'd also switched over to um upright bass playing with jeremy like i'd moved out uh, we moved out of the street band he started doing club gigs more originally he had this british bass player then um he got there was a whole story there with um was Was
1: that (laughs) British
2: first it was- <laughs> day. yeah yeah, yeah. Well, they actually yeah but they, then they left the european union uh no he said uh, no it was uh, it was this guy steve lewins who had been in the street band and uh but i'm sorry to to bring it you know uh back to that but so so anyways i became there's a whole story with us going to europe with the street band and then steve didn't have the paperwork his paperwork in order so he got like left behind and never came back and um uh-huh. uh, And I had actually bought, um, you know, I had gotten an upright bass and started doing gigs on upright bass um, in the time being, Mm -hmm. in addition to playing accordion in the street band. so then I became the bass player with Jeremy Lyons for a while, but I still wanted
0: the Delta Billy boys. Yeah. Yeah. And that
2: became the Delta Billy boys. It was Jeremy Lyons trio at first and then the Delta Billy boys. And so I, but I had written all this material that was more like accordion material. So I started my own band and also I had this, this, um, you know, I felt like there was some pressure to start something before the end of the 20th century too. Cause I was like, Oh wow. There's all this great music from the 20th century. And if I don't start my band now, if I, you know, I want to be part of the 20th century. Okay. And of course, nothing that I've recorded was, uh, with my own band was in the 20th century, but, uh, but I did have my first gig on like December, like late December, uh, uh, um, two thousand. Sorry, nineteen
0: ninety nine. Okay. Well, okay. I love the the title of your first record, Macaroni and Bees. <laughs> I thought, well, that's. I thought when I, that's. Uh, I, I like this guy. I didn't really know you yet, but uh, but I uh, thought yeah, that's that's a uh, that's funny. I
2: thought it was good at the time.
0: Yeah, it's, it hasn't aged well with you.
2: Well, no, it's good. It's just like everything else. I th- I think it's kind of um, it's kind of a hodgepodge. Um, you know, it felt like sort of my first. It was my first go, and some of the stuff, some of the material was like eight years old by the time I recorded it. Like almost ten years old by the time I released it. Which actually, at this point that doesn't bother me so much with stuff I'm recording now. Sometimes I think it's better to wait, you know, don't, don't like record it while the ink is still wet.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. It's nice to figure out all the, the nooks and crannies of a piece of music and play it for a while. Let it reveal itself to you because there's nothing worse than doing a a version of something and then you play it for a year and the band really gets playing it good. And you're like, damn, I wish we were making that record now, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and you know, so I don't know. For my money, I kind of felt like I hit my stride with the, my second record better, okay. um, but but there was some but there was some good stuff, and you know, you always have to have a first record, so
1: that right. was well, well, li- well. Greg, uh, just be thankful that there's still macaroni around, but there's the bees are dying. You know? I- Absolutely. <laughs>
2: I feel I feel very sad about the bees dying. Oh, yeah. Man, yeah, that's, that's The that's bees
1: gonna, are dying. It's bad for all I of us. I stepped on a bee once when I was like 10 years old. It was awful. Did it sting you? Oh yeah, it stung me big time. Mm. I was getting out of our pool and I went to get my towel and there was this bee and I stepped on it at my left foot and it stung the fuck out of me, man.
0: At the bottom of your foot?
1: Yeah, the bottom of that's, my foot.
0: That's a painful place to get a bee sting. Right?
1: Yeah, it's sure. painful. And uh, I remember uh, I tried to get my older brother's girlfriend to stuck, suck out the stinger. Uh-huh. <laughs> she wouldn't do it. She wouldn't do it. No?
0: Okay.
1: Well, did, did your brother end up sucking it out? No, neither one of them did. They just laughed at me, and I oh. ran into the house screaming for my mother, who was uh, at work. You know, so It <laughs> right. was a very painful thing. But, you know, that's a great title, though. Macaroni and Bees. I like it.
2: Right on. It was kind of a mashup of two of the songs. and um, Okay. And, yeah. You know, it's funny because the bees, like other stinging, I got, uh, I stepped on a wasp nest when I was 10. Out oh in my the gosh. woods. And I got, like, you know, I remember before you? I stepped at it. Yeah, they chased me around this lake. There was like a little lake with a little path and I remember I was running. It's like, you know, like when you're 10 and you're like in the woods. It was like probably maybe I was 9, maybe I was 10, something like that. And um and like you're like I was thinking about that that old black and white movie with the gigantic ant, you know? That's like yeah. a movie. I, I remember being movie. a little I remember being a little creeped out and then all of a sudden like these these, something started stinging me, and I was like, ah, and I started running down, like, ran, I I was kind of off-roading, like, up this steep embankment, and I ran down to this path, and I was running down it, yelling, like, oh, they got me, It got me, they got me, and, like, I remember there were, like, these, what seemed like adults there, they were probably college students, and they were, like, at first, they were, like, like kind of laughing, and then they saw that I had like a swarm of wasps around me, so they started. <laughs> <laughs> they,
0: oh, they
2: started helping me out there. Uh, oh, but okay. wasps, of course, can they can re sting you, whereas um,
1: the bees, yeah. From what I understand, they die. They right um,
0: one yeah, one shot, can, they, that's
1: it. Yeah, it's one shot, and that's it. Uh, those wasps,
0: oh, you yeah. know. Well, Manny, I'm looking at my drink. It seems like a good time to uh, re-up, don't you think?
1: Yeah, let's do it. And uh, Troubled Nation, you know the drill. We'll be right back after this libation. I'm going to show you how to make that beautiful dollar. You'll feel freer than a dog
3: that busted to lose his collar. If you're quick as a whip and sharp as a knife. Play your hand just like you're gambling with your life But you can fake it till you make it, baby Do or die, put your personality on Don't be shy If you make your move more Catholic than a champion of chess Then you could win a life of fame and show business Because that's where the money is That's where the money is that's where the money is, showbiz. That's where the money is. That's where the money is. That's where the money is, showbiz. Show. The talent that you got in, start a rage because that's where the money is, that's where the money is, that's where the money is, is. showbiz. That's where the money is, that's where the money is, that's where the money is, showbiz.
0: Show and we're back. Back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coman. Back with our guest, Mr. Greg Schatz. Now, Greg, uh, we've been associated with a a couple of terrific products, a fantastic company uh, for for about a year now. Uh, So, uh, Manny, why don't you go ahead and tell Greg all about this great product?
1: Greg, I'm talking about the Velo Bar. Oh, yeah. Do you know what the Um, Velo Bar is, Greg?
2: I've listened to your podcast, so I I know a little bit about it. It's a healthy
1: protein bar, Greg that relieves stress and all that kind of stuff. It's a plant-based protein bar with superfood ingredients like pumpkin seed, hep hearts, chia seeds, and it's delicious. It's two flavors. Sounds good. Peanut butter and dark chocolate, and it's got the biggest ingredient, 25 milligrams of CBD, baby.
2: So it's good for like muscle aches and stuff like that? Yeah,
1: we're all getting older. I don't know how old you are but i'm like 72 years old. <laughs> and, and, old and and these milligrams of 25 cbd per bar is really helping me out man because okay. we're all dealing with a lot of stress and we've been dealing with a lot of stress right. for the past year but right now greg if you go to velobarcbd.com you can use a troubled men 15 uh promo code and get 15% off your order plus free shipping wow. it's fabulous I mean, uh, my wife and I love them because, you know, she's like 89, my wife. Oh, wow. And she, she loves them. It, it relieves a lot of stress. But also, when you go to VeloBarCBD.com co- c- and order VeloBars, you can also order the brand new product, which has been around for about, what, a few months now, Renee? Yeah, a
0: couple of months, yeah.
1: This is the, the Grade 8 Cookie. The Great A Cookie is well. What is it, Renee? It's basically well, the G-
0: Great Escape Cookies. Yes, they have uh, uh, Delta eight THC. So yeah, and than the Velo Bar. The Velo Bar, the CBD will calm you down and uh, you know it relieves inflammation and stuff. But the Great Escape Cookies and Great Escape uh, Brownies will get you high. So yeah,
3: look out. So yeah,
0: legal in forty two states. You have to be twenty one or older to order them. But uh, you know it's it's made from it's made from uh, from hemp, so it's they start with CBD and then they they uh, tinker with the CBD a little bit, and it gives you that uh, delta eight THC. So
1: and right now, uh, Greg, uh, go to the velobarcbd.com uh, website, and you can go to the the Grade Eight Escape Cookie, and there's really a lot of great deals on certain milligrams of a certain cookie on twenty five milligrams. You want fifty percent, you want a hundred percent. There's all sorts of stuff to choose from. And if you use the Trouble Cookie One Five promo code, you'll get fifteen percent off your order, and of course free shipping. And it's a fabulous product. I had a cook I had a half a cookie like a month ago and I couldn't find the other half.
0: Right. How- still, <laughs> missing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> still missing this cookie. Right. You know, Did you right. look in your pockets, and your, I, I, your- I, I, I looked like it's like looking for my keys. I looked everywhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, I looked everywhere, um, uh, but it's a great product, and and Troubled Nation knows to share this uh, uh, website with everyone. This is a great cookie, and it's only it might only be around for a while before the feds stop us because they're right. doing something. They, they're twisting the uh, the molecules or whatever they say. Right. Every day. Right. You know, so check it out, nation. Share it with all your friends, and uh, it's a fun thing. Nice. nice and who doesn't uh, love cookies?
0: Sure, sure, and they're quite good. The cookies are quite good. We 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 had we both had them. Yeah. Well, uh, well, and so we want to. Uh, you know, as always, if you want to support the Trouble Men podcast directly. We have a, a PayPal link there, and I want to give a shout-out to MST Sports for their support this week. And, Manny, I, I told you uh, we we just introduced our, our Patreon page, and we have our first Patreon member, our first uh, person signed up to be a patron. So we're going to give a shout-out to Gerald Marshall, and thank you so much. Uh, you know, this is a... It's so a a great thing for the Troublemen podcast. It's it's going to extend the longevity, allow us to keep doing this. So, uh, you know, you, you can't be the first, but uh, you can be the next person to to become a patron of the uh, the troublemen podcast. You know, if you're enjoying these shows, the uh, the 154 shows we have up already. You know, you can you know drop something in that PayPal uh, account, or uh, you know, again uh, become a become a. a longtime patron. Okay, well, back to our guest, Mr. Greg Schatz. So, Greg, so you have Shotty for a few years. You put out three records as uh, playing accordion, and then you, you, you make a shift. You start playing more piano, and you have Greg Schatz and the Friggin' Geniuses, which I love the band name. I actually played a gig with you on piano a number of years ago, and I was commenting on your cool songwriting. You have a lot of uh, you know, humorous songs. Uh, you have the song "Showbiz." That's where the money is. That's that's a great one. But uh, yeah, I was asking you. You were saying, yeah, you know, I have so such turnover in my band, or at that time anyway. I have a lot of different guys come in and play. So I, you said you purposely wrote the songs to be kind of uh, not not overly complicated, so it would be easy for people to come in and play. And I thought that's really smart, man. <laughs> it's, Greg's. Greg's very diabolical about this.
2: I should have I should have stuck with that too. It's funny because now I'm like, oh yeah, I wrote, yeah, yeah, but that that was a that was a thing, especially that uh, those couple of years after Hurricane Katrina, because I had like I was playing with the same band, which was pretty much Jeremy Lyons and the Delta Billy Boys, but I'd move over to accordion and um and have a different bass player, Dave Stover or uh, Stover mm-hmm. often, and so we're. Uh, And, and then, and then for a while it was Steve, uh, Calandra and it was like, but then after Katrina and I was up in Brooklyn for a while playing up there, um, Jeremy moved to, uh, the Cambridge, Massachusetts started playing with Dana over there. So I was up, I was up around there and coming back here and moved back here. And, um, and it was kind of, it's kind of great to be able to play with, um, a whole bunch of different, uh folks but yeah something i realized about you know also um from playing you know blues gigs or various kinds of pickup gigs you don't always you get called in for hey can you play a gig tonight or tomorrow night you don't always want it to be like hey um this chart for this song is like three pages long and has like a rondo form and like a really complicated ending or something you know it's
0: Right. It you gets, want to be able to pull it off. The, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Nice, so nice. Going back to Ithaca. Uh, so what's your influences about New Orleans music? What are your influences?
2: You know, don't
1: say Aaron Neville.
2: I <laughs> I was actually, I was going to say, um, one of several where, I mean, I do like, I heard your, your Aaron Neville part, but, um, the, that Neville brothers album, uh, Yellow Moon was, you know, was pretty influential. I had also, I had a Professor Longhair record, you know, so there were like things that were leading, you know, sort of pointing me in the direction of New Orleans music. I had a Clifton Chenier record after, you know, actually when I visited New Orleans, I bought like some records at the Tower Records over there, you know, some, some local stuff, but I had, had a bunch of stuff. And I remember when I was a teenager um, going to see um, Down by Law, you know, with uh, John Lurie and Tom Waits. And oh, yeah. Also, uh, uh, what was his last name, the, the Italian comedic actor? Uh, there. Benini? Uh, Benini. Benini, Benini, yeah. Roberto Benini, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember being um, kind of like – blown away like by you know it's all it's all kind of filmed in that cool black and white style and right. you know i mean of course you know i've saw it after i lived here and i was like oh yeah this is you know like a lot of things like the geography is all jumbled but um. sure and then there was cat people of course
0: <laughs>
2: right <laughs> and oh, wow. and the big easy you <laughs> was it big easy yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, those weren't really musical influences, um, but those were kind of impressions of the, ci- the city. And, um, you know, I think I'd always kind of thought of it as, you know, you know, sort of like an interesting place that I wanted to check out. And then, um, and, uh, you know, I, sort of after a while, the longer I stayed here, the more I was just like, oh yeah, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm here now, you know, you kind of, Grow roots. I'd i kind of almost imagine myself being like a one of those wandering musicians who goes from, you know, sets up in a different town every five years or what three five years or something. But uh, but you know, uh, I you know, the-
1: well, I I just remember that movie The Big Easy, watching that in in a L.A. theater in Los Angeles, and seeing that scene between Dennis Quaid and Alan Barkin where he's eating her pussy out from the behind. And I just mm-hmm. thought, wow, I got to get to New Orleans, man. Yeah.
2: <laughs> wow, I don't even remember that scene. Oh, I think it,
1: that it. scene is like, uh, uh, it's amazing and so fake at the same time. It's just like, right. how can you get off? How can Alan Birkin get off that way when he's eating her pussy from the, from, from the back? It just doesn't make sense because her clitoris is nowhere near his tongue. Okay. so well, anyway it's well. uh, yeah. Yeah. but it, it's a yeah. good it's a it's a good movie i like that movie. of course okay.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah nice nice
2: it was fun. it's you know it's fun it's a little bit it's another one of those that's like a little bit silly when you go see it again especially well you know, yeah
1: well especially for people who you know are from here like my wife's from here and she saw that movie and she was like no way Yeah, doesn't doesn't
0: doesn't Dennis doesn't he have like a a kind of a a fiddly d Scarlet kind of a Gone with the Wind accent in that? that Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And then like a couple, (laughs) a few years later, he played Jerry Lee Lewis. You know, so
0: oh man, that's a real cartoon movie. Holy cow, man! Great Balls of Fire. Oh Jesus. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. He saw it. He goes, the definitive Jerry Lee Lewis movie has yet to be made. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> right oh yeah good the definitive jerry lewis movie has yet to be made too jerry lewis sure yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. well i thought the, that was the king of, king of comedy comedy is pretty good
0: though man yeah, i know yeah, that's yeah. A favorite. well no movie. yeah
1: J- yeah but that's not a jerry lewis movie that's uh, not about him that's not right. about him that's right jerry lewis right. a great quote from jerry lewis when he made that movie said how hard was it to be that part as that talk show host and jerry lewis said you know acting's easy. That's easy. Making people laugh is hard. Yeah. That's the hardest thing. So, you know, being cast in that movie, it was like, it was nothing to him. He was like, yeah, this is easy. I sure, sure. He's time. he's
0: great in that movie,
2: though. Oh, I mean, yeah, I is, love uh, his everyone. performance. Yeah, yeah I come like yeah. in Arizona. Arizona Dream. Have you ever seen? that? Yes, that's, yeah. He he's,
1: he's fabulous in that. But you know, Jerry Lewis. Uh, uh, I knew his son Joe Lewis, who blew really? his brains out. Oh, geez. Yeah, Joe Lewis and to hear yeah. That. Well, Jerry wasn't the best of fathers. He wasn't a very good. Yeah, I could guy. see
0: that. I could. You see You know, that.
1: he uh, by the time he had all his kids he was and they were growing up he was on such painkillers from all his physical comedy over the years mm. that you know he was a junkie basically and yeah he took, he took it out of his family and yeah. stuff like that that's hard and man. but he had the best head of hair ever you know and
2: you might have just been trying to forget the breakfast was it breakfast at tiffany's Reeb does that cringe for the...
1: Uh, no, that's, that's Mickey Rooney. You're right. thinking yeah, of Mickey, Mickey Rooney. Rooney. yes? He's playing the, the, the stereotypical... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry,
2: <laughs> but, Jerry Lewis. Yeah. I, didn't, you know, I didn't mean yeah. to yeah. pin that on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, sure. you know... Jerry I,
0: Lewis would play that that <laughs> similar kind of uh, 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 racist character occasionally. <laughs> there's, uh, there's, a, there's a few scenes with him with the with the big teeth. Big, uh, buck teeth, but, uh, I don't know.
1: Um, but he had the greatest song ever called walk on, walk on.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always just grew up. I thought of him as the telethon guy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. And that's where that song is from, you know? Right. You know?
0: Well, so, so Greg, uh, You know, you you, you have this whole career as, you know, you put out seven solo records. Um, How do you wind up working at the French Quarter Fest? How does that happen? I think it was a lot of luck,
2: but, um, and uh, and it was like, I think it was a period of um, time with my music career where I was kind of at like this crossroads where I was like, yeah, I'm not really getting enough gigs anymore. Or there's like a period like where I was like, "I I need to do something else too. And I had like kind of waited tables for a while. And I toyed with the idea of going back to school and getting some kind of like marketable skills of some kind
0: besides cultural and, uh, anthropology that's what you're yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah
2: exactly which is you know a big money maker mm-hmm. uh, if you find the right gig but okay yeah so so i was actually in the process of kind of like looking around for i was kind of thinking like oh yeah i'll have to go back to school and i was looking into various you know it's kind of in like a what am i gonna do while i'm in between uh while i'm writing <laughs> while i'm trying to write um weird new songs and, and make albums, I don't do something else. So I found out about this, uh, this job opening and I was like, yeah, this, this sounds like it could be cool. And, um, and lo and behold, I, I got it somehow, you know, I had done nothing, you know, you know, other than a few odd jobs here and there, I had been doing like music as a full time, mm-hmm. you know, occupation for like 13 years at that point. Um, but it was um, the position was dealing with musicians. And um, I think they liked the idea of having a musician in there. And right, somehow right.
0: not, not a corporate guy. Well, well, man, uh, you know, you must've had a real year uh, of being in that position. Cause you work, now for those of us those uh listeners outside of New Orleans who don't know French Quarter Fest is like a totally free festival, one of the largest free festivals in the world I think. Am I am I am I correct in that? I believe
2: so. I believe so. It's definitely um it's definitely a big free event. I mean at times we've had up to 24 stages, you know, some of them are like really big and some of them are small and it goes over four four days um mm-hmm. you know it's one of the bigger it's one of the bigger ones i know about certainly right i've heard it called the biggest um showcase of louisiana music in the world for mm-hmm. whatever it's because mm-hmm. we're all lo- local local music which is kind of um which was kind of good and interesting for me too because i mean i think at the time especially you know i was um you know very tapped into the being very tapped into the local music scene and and I still am
0: you know I was saying you must have had an amazing uh, i mean a, a a difficult year here cuz when when covid hit uh French Quarter Fest which usually happens in the spring was right around the corner so you guys must have really been scrambling to uh yeah what so what was that year like you worked the whole time tell us about that it was weird
2: you know, and um, I think like a lot of people, I was in denial at first. I mean, we went through, uh, you know, Mardi Gras and and everybody was kind of like, is this a good idea? I think in the back of our minds, we're all thinking like, is this a good idea? You know, and, um, you know, and then, uh, but there were no r- reported cases in Louisiana. So it was like, mm-hmm. well, you know, and I think the day we had our gala, we had a gala, um over at the Fillmore, um, like I feel like it was March 7th, I want to say. And the festival is like second week of April, was supposed to be the second week of April. And and like we're on our way to the gala. I'm like in my office, like wrapping some stuff up and trying to get over to the gala um to set up and stuff. Uh, and like there was one Reported case in Louisiana that day. And uh, we were like, uh oh. And then, like, the media started calling. And then from there, that was like uh, Friday night. And so then the next week, it was just like all downhill. I think by the time we came back on Monday, it was like five cases. And then each day, it would be like, they didn't even have that much testing. And it was like, we might have to put a lot of hand sanitizer around. Remember, at first, they weren't even talking about. Um, you know droplets or anything right. they were just like surfaces surfaces don't touch the surfaces wash your hands and they were like we're just going to have to like really up our game and put like a crap load of hand sanitizer stations all around and then like I can't remember if it was that Wednesday or the by the following Wednesday I think we had like you know we had decided we have to cancel or, or postpone. Um, uh, and we made the announcement that we were going to do it in the fall of 2020. So we like emailed everybody and said like, Hey, I don't even know what we were thinking, why we thought that we could do it in the fall. I guess it was just wish wishful thinking
1: mm-hmm. we're
2: going to postpone it, but your corresponding times this, this weekend of, uh, October. And we did that. And then of course, um, within a few months, we realized that that was not
1: going to happen either. Right. So, um, well, I remember two weeks after Mardi Gras, we did our last podcast from the ring room mm. with uh, Doug Belote, I think his name was. Right. And I had, I had said, you know, they had their first case in new Orleans. And I said, and I had told you and Doug, I said, this is it. It's over. You know, yeah, so everything the that on you, the
0: wall.
1: yeah, you know, Mardi Gras just happened two weeks ago and it takes this, uh, 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 uh flu virus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, virus two weeks to, uh, uh, show up. And what happened two weeks before that was Mardi Gras. And sure enough, boom, it was over after that. Right. You know? Yeah. You know. it was over
0: so man there's so many moving parts in in something like uh french quarter fest i mean just the just just to schedule it uh you know like in many cases that i had maybe like three or four or five different bands i was supposed to be playing with at that you know the 2020 uh french quarter fest and yeah just to arrange it so that those bands that that somebody plays in more than one of that they're not all playing at the same time. I mean it's a tremendous puzzle that you guys uh work out every year. Jesus. That's
2: yeah, that's kind of like, you know, that's part of my my gig is the scheduling. I'm the the band, you know, the the music schedule. So yeah, I'll like try to move, you know, try to make it possible. And um, you know, it involves asking people to switch and I think usually people are kind of usually really cooperative about it, you know, especially, you know, I'd say like somebody else, Hey, can you guys play on Friday instead of Saturday so that Renee can do this other gig? And then, right, you know, and the, they're usually pretty cool about it, you know, if they can do it.
0: Right. You know. So you worked the, the whole time, you kind of planned it and then, and then, thought well no we can't do it in the fall but we'll we'll try to do it in the spring again right
2: yeah that's right and, and, and in between we did um because we also do um two other things we do satchmo Summerfest, uh-huh and we do um which is in the first weekend of august um and as it sounds like it's a you know it's a Celebration of the life and uh, legacy and music of Louis Armstrong. So there's that, right. and that was like our we we did that um, in conjunction with the video crew of WWOZ and um, and the National Park Service. We put together this series that was videotaped. So we started doing virtual events, um, which was something you know not not live stream, but actually recorded the. Um, the event, and then edit got them to edit it. These uh, the video wizards over right. there, and and they recorded it up at the Jazz Museum. It the stuff sounds really good. And we did it again. We did a Christmas concert series at St. Louis Cathedral, and um, Saint Ogg which we usually that's you know another part of our yearly production cycle. But we did that also virtually as video. Um, and then we kind of all, we also went, the whole staff went on to, um, you know, part-time we took like a, we took a, a cut so that we could, um, you know, so that we could last, last longer, which was, which was fine, you know, which was, I felt lucky just to be employed in general Uh at that point. Right. Um, you know, uh, and, um. And in the meantime, we were all like working remotely, which we kind of still are. I was actually in the office today, but uh, my my wife's father had passed away in um, oh, early September. And it, yeah, I mean, it really sucked. But um, but th- the good part about working remotely is we could go up there. We went up to the um, D.C. area. They lived outside of D.C. And I was like, you know, working from there we stayed up there for a month, came back here and went back up there. And I was like working remotely, um, the whole time. And, uh, kind of the weird thing about it was like, you know, being up there and then like, but it was COVID. So you couldn't like, you know, I had friends, a lot of friends in the area and, uh, you know, there's all kinds of things to do cause it's a big metropolis, but you're like, not going anywhere really, you know, other than on like walks and stuff. But right. so, yeah, so then we came around to doing, you know, we're going to, we are determined to do French Quarter Festival 2021, but we decided that April was not going to happen or it's not really so much that we decided is like, it just wasn't going to happen, you know. Yeah, you have to deal with the city yeah.
0: guidelines. There's still, uh, you know, CDC guidelines that uh, you guys have to conform to all that.
2: Right. And, of course, you know, we don't want to do anything dangerous either, you right. know. Well,
0: I guess I imagine that there's insurance that you guys have, and and it's probably it's impossible to get someone to underwrite uh, an event during those circumstances, right? You know, yeah, I mean – I've just to, to um
2: admit that the insurance isn't so much a part of my thing but yeah I mean I, uh, you know my world I don't know the I don't know all the fine print on the insurance but I think you you're right I mean certainly I think the
1: fine print on insurance is that you're fucked, yeah, <laughs>
2: that's, yeah, yeah that's all it is yeah. it's it, says. it says that over and over yeah. and over it's again I like it yeah, in great. six point font that you know yeah. you need a magnifying glass to read, yeah, exactly. and then it's um but that yeah you know, but I do know that, yeah, I'm sure that insurance won't like you know do, you know get anywhere near you if you're like disobeying like city and state laws and stuff like that. Anyway, you can't like be like...
0: Yeah, you can't put an event on if you you can't insure it, you know. So yeah, we we went, you know, for
2: the fall again, and now we're kind of revved up and ready to do that. We're still waiting to figure out about Satchmo Summerfest, which is another thing, a kind of... We're kind of in a holding pattern, like where we need to... In order to produce it, we need to find out really soon... We're kind of trying to read the the tea leaves, the writing on the wall, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it, and, um, you know, find out if it will be possible. Um, but, yeah, French Quarter Festival will be, you know, September 30th through October 3rd, if all goes as planned. And, I mean, heck, I think anybody would know after this last year, I mean, there's – you know, there's just so much beyond our control.
0: Now, as you try to plan this thing, are, are you finding uh, what's the attitude like among talent? You have any any resistance among talent to to sign up for it, or everybody's just ready to go and they figure, well, it's 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 an all outdoor festival anyway. So, I mean, I don't know. What's what's your experience there? I am mostly.
2: Mostly people are just very psyched about it. I think, you know, most of the people were like, oh, yeah, this is great. You know, they were – I think it was – they felt good to be, you know, asked to play a gig, and it made them hopeful that music was coming back. I know for, um, for the video's virtual Satchmo series that I was talking about, there was at least one band that declined because they didn't want to all be playing – on uh, the on the stage together, they were like, "Hey, we're we're playing it safe." Um, co- you know,
1: was yeah. that the Bee Gees? <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, but they—if it had been, they'd probably all still be here today.
0: Good. Okay.
2: Well, I don't know how many of the Bee Gees are left.
0: Just one. It's just I think Barry. just the B. Yeah. Just just, yeah. just
2: Barry. Yeah. 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 No, we yeah we we'd get the Bee Gees, but they're not local. If they sat in with somebody else, you know,
1: maybe that would be. Well, sick. do me maybe a favor. Don't, do me a favor. Don't get Aaron Neville, all right? We oh. got
2: we got him once. Nice. But you know, nice. it's weird, you know, because I because I, I like a lot of that Neville brothers stuff, and um, and I, I know it, some some of the. I'm n- not into all of the solo air and stuff. Although some of, like some of the early stuff, like Hercules, is pretty cool. Like he doesn't always sing in that kind of high. You know, the I think there's that voice. like one. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. There's the that falsetto. there's that high, yeah, sort of falsetto thing that he does, and he has like a nice, you know, it's different. But I know, you know, nice. there's no. I mean, I'm not trying to convince you, man. Yeah, maybe. no accounting for no taste, taste, as they say. There's a. But, you know. Um, I yeah, think it's that thing
1: a- on his face that makes him sing so high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah. That sounds
2: laughs> but it's, does Getty Lee have one of those too? Oh yeah, God. he does. He's got it's one
1: kind of like, like Lemmy from uh, <laughs> Motorhead. Does he put
2: like a headband over it and you don't
1: see it because he's like, it has got it. A- <laughs> Well, he's yeah, Canadian, yeah. so they have free health care. So they might he might have done something about it. Okay, he might be getting special steroids yeah. or something to right yeah. make him sing like that.
2: But yeah, we. So
3: Greg, oh, sorry. Uh, uh,
0: no, I was going to say. Well, so French Quarter Fest is going on, and then I noticed that you're uh, you're announcing that you're starting to play some live dates again. Your Three Muses gig is coming back, so you must be excited about that to get back and.
2: Well, I haven't actually. <laughs> Is it? Uh, I mean, I know Three Muses is coming back, and I, that was like one of my um, regular spots that I like a lot. You know, because they—I love a place with a piano. I just show up, right? And they have a nice. The the band has, you know, maybe this is a sign of our our age. We've come to really like to play like at a moderate to low sort of volume gig, where where you can actually hear the words and. And um stuff like that. Um but I don't know if they've started doing Wednesdays. I was like a Wednesday. Okay. All right like I had third Wednesday of every month yet. But I did I did do a gig a bass gig with Andy J. Forrest last week, which was my first um live bass gig in like a year. I did um you know, I did like a porch gig at my wife's sister's house like up in Virginia when we were up there she had like a happy hour kind of thing and mm-hmm. was like hey do you want to play on the porch and i brought my you know i brought my keyboard up there and just kind of played um that was fun but um so you know and, and i booked a gig over at um starlight on the 24th of june so that's coming up that's something to look forward to okay i don't have that many gigs i know when when andy got in touch with me about the gig at the um it was he's playing at the favela chic That used to be the uh
0: cafe brazil you know,
2: cafe brazil mm-hmm. and he was like hey can you do this date he gave me the date and the time and i was like yeah l- let me look at my gig calendar <laughs> you know and i was like oh nope i don't have any gigs in april yeah i can do it yeah I'm, yeah i'm like yeah i'm clear and i have got you know I had been fully vaccinated for like three weeks, you know, at right, that point. Right. So.
0: Well, you know, ne- now that I am thinking about it, I think you might have been at at the last gig because uh, I know your your wife is a big Geraniums fan, and I think you might have been there that night with the last night that the Circle Bar had music, which was uh, March fourteenth, and we had the the Geraniums gig there, and and Eve was there, and uh, and then that wound wow. up being the the last gig ever in the Circle Bar.
2: Yes, yes, and of course we we love the Geraniums. I, I'm a fan myself and we went there and it was like a, um, it was a bit of a memorial for Damon too, right? Yes,
0: yes, exactly. Um, Yes. It was a memorial gig um, for Damon Shea.
2: Sort of shocking that he had, um, passed away. I know. And then, um, you know, still trying to wrap my head around that when all this, this, uh, pandemic thing hit. And I feel like, you know, in retrospect, like weeks later we were like, was that stupid of us to go to that show? But I mean, not, not because, I mean, it was a beautiful show and, um, and, you know, it was a nice remembrance of Damon as well as like, great to hear you guys play. Um,
0: yeah, we didn't know. We did. We, nobody knew, you know, it's a, I, we, that night we were together and we were supposed to have a, a private, uh memorial event like at Jeff Treffinger's house and the next day. And, Uh, so even though we were in the circle bar close together, the next day he texted everybody and said, Hey, uh, it does, this doesn't seem smart. So just overnight it, the, the, the complexion of everything kind of changed. So that's how things were going, you know,
2: I I mean, and I I know that that's how it was sort of in the event world too. And things were, I think we were, our kind of joke in the office was like hashtag fluid situation, which, I mean, it might've been like a, um, you know, a, probably a larger thing throughout the country or the world but we were just like yeah it's like every every it seemed like every day you'd come up with a new piece of information that was like oh and then you know like at that time we knew that we had to wash the hell out of our hands and kind of stay away from people and not hug them so much but we didn't know about like nobody at that show the geranium show was wearing a face mask we didn't know sure. about that yet right 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 and then and then I think um Jeff might have emailed everybody too that somebody there ended up having COVID.
0: Right, In right, fact,
2: actually somebody that I knew was there and ended up getting COVID, a friend of mine, um, Philip, who also works at um he works at Jazz Fest. And then he a few weeks I don't know if he had it already, but he had a few he had COVID a few weeks later and um luckily he he um
0: it came out of it all it. right. Nice. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Well, well, so we, we, a, a year later, a year and a half later, uh, gonna, gonna actually have a French Quarter Fest. They're gonna have Jazz Fest, uh, right that same month. It's gonna be a, a, a fall filled with, I saw they have like five festivals all supposed to go off and, and, uh, you know, within a few weeks of each other. So. It's going to be wild. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be great, man, and uh, hopefully, you know, everybody continues to get vaccinated, and we don't have a, a new strain. And I will say
1: up. what I always say: It's been nice knowing you. Right, away, <laughs> we
0: appreciate we yeah. appreciate the the well wishes. Um, well, it's, it seems like that's uh, that's that's a podcast, don't, doesn't it? Seem like, Manny?
1: Yeah, this show reminded me of that old '90s joke that I remember so well. Um, oh, yeah. What did uh, Jeffrey Dahmer Say to Lorena Bobbitt <laughs> I don't know You're going to eat that <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nice nice uh, Okay Well Greg as always uh, Thank you so much And uh, in the Troubled Nation We like to say Trouble never ends
1: The struggle continues Good night Good night it's Been troubling
3: I'm i office party. He won't be pretentious and try to convince us that he's fun or arty. He won't need a car to commute. Everything he does will compute. I'm building a robot that will take my job building. program him to play guitar like a solid sender. He won't ever make a mistake and he won't need to take a lunch break. I'm building a robot that will take my job building robots. He'll be there every Don't wanna hear him turn down the sound, he won't make a beep. He'll have no temptation of crime Working round the clock on the assembly line, I'm filling a road.